Welcome to Freedom Highway. It is Tuesday, April 5th at 9 o'clock here in Kingston, New York. I'm Nick Pankin. Glad to be with you. Tonight we're going to start out by revisiting an early episode of the show. Originally broadcast on August 12th, 2018. It was an interview that I did with uh, Patrick Haggerty of the band Lavender Country by phone from his home in Washington State. And to listen to that full hour-long episode, you can go to the Freedom Highway archive at RadioKingston.org. But in short, that episode was about the first known openly gay country album was made by Haggerty in 1973 under the name Lavender Country. And on that album, uh, Patrick Haggerty articulates his quite clear understanding of uh, inherent intersections between different identity-based um, groups and, uh, and, and, and organizing, uh, his primarily being the gay and lesbian struggle and the larger class struggle as a whole. A 2014 reissue from the small uh, independent label Paradise of Bachelors brought some more attention to Lavender Country, the record that was originally pressed in an edition of 1000 in 1973. And this year, 2022, the second Lavender Country album called Blackberry Rose has just been released for the first time on Don Giovanni Records. And what's more, more exciting, is that Lavender Country is on tour and will be playing live this coming Friday, April 8th, at the Egremont Barn just over the Massachusetts state line in the Berkshire Mountains. Uh, the tour, which is uh, billed as the Roundup, features, of course, Lavender Country, along with Paisley Fields, Austin Lucas, and Jet Holden. And this Friday's show will be opened by Zach Bryson. For more information, you can visit theegermontbarn.com or you can find Lavender, Lavender Country online. There's a Facebook page. There's a Bandcamp page. In an Instagram page, and uh, actually, we have a pair of tickets to give away to that show on Friday to someone uh, who, if you're listening now live, you can call in to the uh, to the studio at eight four five three three one fourteen ninety, or you can reach out on social media at Freedom Highway WKNY, and uh, the first uh, outreach. I, I receive a uh, person will get the tickets but let's go ahead now and listen to a few selections from that longer interview that I did in 2018 with Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country this, this is my uh, uneducated proletarian uh, opinion about protest music in the last 50 years. There was plenty of protest music during the Depression, and nobody was distinguishing between whether it was country music or folk. 
So was was Woody was Woody Guthrie country or folk? He was pre-country and folk, and he was certainly Americana roots music, and he was certainly singing protest music. In the fifties, there was a split, and it culminated in maybe in 1960, and I think maybe Newport was a good example of it. There was a split between country music, quote, and folk music. And country music meant this is music for white working class people, but we're not gonna sing about class struggle on the radio and do country. You're not really allowed to sing about proletarian bourgeoisie class struggle in Nashville, and nobody does, and nobody has. And if you do, goodbye. So that was the rule. That we're, you, we're gonna be music for the white working class, but we're not gonna, and we're gonna pretend like we support the working class, but we're not gonna allow anybody to sing about class struggle. That's a patent absurdity on its face. And so country did all kinds of things to glamorize and prop itself and blah, 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 and, and, and did a pretty good job of that. But the absurdity of not singing about class struggle while you're pretending to be music for the working class is becoming more and more apparent. <laughs> Meanwhile, folk um, didn't pretend that it was the music for the working class. It, it, it was more like we're for everybody, blah, blah, blah. But what that really meant was we were going to include the petty bourgeoisie. And what the petty bourgeoisie were saying was peace, peace, peace. We don't want to talk about class struggle. We, we want to talk about peace and harmony and love. Well, <laughs> that didn't work for singing songs about class struggle either. So um, both... Both genres lost their way and are finding their way back now. And not only is Lavender Country gay, but it's clearly, uh, you know, a socialist, revolutionary, class struggle-oriented album. I'm fine for when there won't be no straight men, cause y'all But you take it wherever you please Don't wrap the story Tell me the glory Galahad's gallop is near But your lies can't deceive me I know that you'll leave me Riding these cocksucking tears But now
the time that I wrote Lavender Country, uh, even though I was like I'm com coming from from a, a revolutionary perspective in general, I was way off deep into the into the gay movement, uh, and that's what was on my mind at the time, and that's what I was doing, and that's what I chose to to write a. Uh, an album about was the gay struggle in a in a class struggle context and um, to whatever end I succeeded or didn't succeed at that that was my aim was to, to hook up the gay struggle to the class struggle and I, I wasn't the only one who was doing that there were a lot of us who were doing that um, you'd be amazed at who was doing what before the Democratic Party took over the lesbian gay movement and did what they did to it. But a lot of us were coming from a, a class uh, perspective. Uh, and it was a radical project and it was sponsored by the community and um, that's where we raised the money to make it, and that's who, who we sold the album to. And most of us were at least talking about anti-war, anti-imperialist, if not anti-capitalist ideas. It wasn't just me. Pretty much everybody that stepped forward and into the lesbian gay movement at that time was like wide open to those ideas. We were all talking about them. Well, I wasn't sticking out <laughs> in that crew. I think that's real important because it speaks to what happened to the lesbian gay movement after the Democratic Party took it over. But in the first 10 years, when we were still too like untouchable to be Democrat, all kinds of really, really rich ideas were floating around. Um, and one of the things that I think that's really important is that after we came through all of the, you know, taming down of the lesbian gay revolution into the, being good Democrats and suffered through that for 35 years and um, the rebirth of the ideas is um, really interesting to me, A, and B, the, the, more the more interviews I do and the more appearances I make, um, the more the industry, like, I, it iconizes me and turns me into, you know, a, a renegade rebel from a way back, blah, blah, blah. It puts all this stuff on me. And I'm going, wait a minute, what, what's, what's going on? Let, let me figure this out. And frankly, it's taken me a couple of years to get down to the bottom of it. But the real truth is nobody saw me as an icon when I made Lavender Country. They liked Lavender Country. People appreciated it. We kicked it around the lesbian gay movement for a couple, two or three years. And it was fun and interesting, and it was one of the projects that we did. But nobody was iconizing me at all. And we, it was just one of many projects that I was involved in and that 
that whole crew of radical lesbian gay af activists were involved in at the time. And <clears throat> what I think people are missing by iconizing me now is that the real truth of the matter is that all of us who stepped out in 1959 and took that chance of opening up ourselves to being lesbians and gays and taking whatever shit was going to be thrown at us for doing that, everybody who made that decision to come out publicly was in fact saying, go ahead, turn me into an icon. And that's what we all were. <laughs> Because we were out and visible and being beacons to the culture. We were all icons. A bunch of a bunch of icons made made lavender country and made it happen.
Waltzing Will Trilogy from the 1973 self-titled album from Lavender Country. That was a portion of a longer interview that I did with Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country, originally aired on Freedom Highway in 2018 and re-aired in part tonight ahead of the first ever well, the first Lavender Country show in the area in who knows how long, perhaps forever? I don't know. This coming Friday, April 8th, at the Egremont Barn in the Berkshires, about an hour northeast of here in Kingston. And if you would like to go to the show, you can uh, go to the EgremontBarn.com or uh, find Lavender Country online to get information about that. It begins at 7.30, and I can give away a pair of tickets if you want to reach out. If you're listening live, you can call into the station at 845-331-1490 or reach out on social media, Freedom Highway WKNY. Uh, and if I uh, receive your message, well, you get a pair of tickets. Uh, and before, um, earlier in that, in that uh, segment of that interview, we heard... Uh, as well from the 1973 Lavender Country album, the song Crying These Cocksucking Tears. Uh, let's get back now to Patrick uh, speaking about his experience of being um, largely alienated by uh, mainstream society for, well, about 40 years. Uh, he spent... Uh, um, organizing on you know in his with his revolutionary advocacy, uh, which was rooted is rooted in uh, his experience in the gay liberation movement, uh, but then more recently uh, being more embraced, being more celebrated um, after the 2014 reissue of the 1973 Lavender Country record, um, receiving. Uh, favorable reviews from various music publications. Uh, and now, of course, a new record, a brand new record called Blackberry Rose, just released by Don Giovanni Records earlier this year. So let's hear Patrick talking about uh, about that experience of, of uh, being um, alienated and rejected for so long and then um, being, uh, in, in some ways, um, embraced. In my life, both those things uh, are now history. I am, I'm, I lived through one and now I'm living through the other. And the other is very interesting and the opportunity is appreciative. But don't think that I'm going to forget the 40 years. This is kind of a double-edged sword because we can use, because music reaches millions of people, and millions of people like love music and concerts and musicians, and it's imbued deeply in our culture. And we can use music as a, as a vehicle for social change. I wrote Lavender Country as a, a as a radical statement, as a vehicle to transform society. That's what it's for. That's why I wrote it. Uh, it was a conscious decision to, to write it instead of trying to sneak, sneak under the door into Nashville or whatever. If it wasn't for the basic 
reasons that I wrote it in the first place. And if it wasn't because I'm being provided that exact opportunity now to do that with Lavender Country and to um, use it as a vehicle of social trans transformation, which we desperately need, right? If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be going through all this fuss and feathers. I'm too old. I'm too jaded. I'm too... Wait, I've already had my life. I already know about the the, the jilted fickleness of Hollywood fame. I'll like, screw that, man. Wish that I could love you more Than the times we stopped to score The wastelands we've been through before Just because we know them But our gay glimpses disappear Sabotaged by the guilt and fear And the demons whisper in our ear That we can't show them We're mannequins all staunch and clean While we scheme our hollow dreams And we don't believe men ought to cry for men Because we're trapped in straight white
White Patterns from the 1973 self-titled record by Lavender Country, which was crowdfunded um, from within and then distributed amongst the gay and lesbian community based in Seattle back then in the uh, in the in the wake of the uh, of the Stonewall um, uprising in New York City in 1969. Uh, really, the uh, the beginning of the uh, of the modern day um, gay liberation movement, um, Lavender Country now has a new album, which uh, Patrick Haggerty says has been forty years in the making. It's called Blackberry Rose, which uh, which was recently uh, put out by Don Giovanni Records, and for which Lavender Country is currently on tour. The tour is called the Roundup. And features, along with Lavender Country, Paisley Fields, Austin Lucas, and Jet Holden. And they are playing in the area this coming Friday, April 8th, just over the Massachusetts state line in the Berkshires at the Egremont Barn before they head down to Brooklyn to play at the Knitting Factory on Saturday night. And uh, I have a pair of tickets if you would like to go to Friday's show um, you can uh, reach out if you're listening live on the air. Call the station at 845-331-1490 or you can uh, reach out on social media at Freedom Highway WKNY. We'll take a real quick break now and then uh, we'll come back with some more from Lavender Country as well as uh, another important song or two to round out the hour. You are listening to Freedom Highway. I'm Nick Pankin. I'm glad to be with you here as we now listen to the final selection of an interview that I did with Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country, originally uh, aired in 2018. The 77-year-old has been openly advocating a revolutionary perspective rooted in his personal experience in the struggle for gay liberation. And he uh, is coming to the area with Lavender Country to perform at the Egremont Barn uh, in Egremont, Massachusetts, in the Berkshires this coming Friday, April 8th, on the Roundup Tour. And, um, excuse me, I just lost my place. So here now uh, to listen to the final, uh, final little segment taken from the full interview that I did with him in 2018. Uh, we'll hear him speak about the... Uh, the revolutionary roots of that struggle that I mentioned, uh, he, uh, his uh, personal uh, organizing and, and uh, 
And uh, living and connecting uh, is rooted in the uh, struggle for gay liberation. Um, So speaking about uh, the revolutionary roots of that struggle, then we'll hear a song from the new Lavender Country album. I would like people to acknowledge that thousands of us in the Stonewall movement before it got co-opted we're into making the connections between homophobia and sexual repression and capitalism and the need to make money and pass it down from one generation to the next systematically. That's what sexism is all about and that's what it's for. And thousands of us knew that at the time and we still know it. And that's the point that this stuff is rooted in economics. That's always the root of any kind of oppression. I mean, ka-ching, follow the money, damn, give it a rest. It's pretty simple. Marxism, regardless of everybody's wild opinions about it, is at its root scientific sociology. So once you know a scientific fact, i.e. class struggle is real, you can't unknow it. You can't pretend like you don't know that. Thank you, Carol Cole, my clever blonde bombshell, for making up some scuttlebutt and tarnish. Let's say her attitude is cranky. There's been some hanky-panky. The trainee by the name of Megan Cornish. Let's say the chair of your employee rights committee is a Trotskyite and a Marxist albatross. She nixed my negative action plan. She cut my throat on a witness stand. Miss Cole, you got to show her who's the boss. My negative action plan She cut my throat on a witness stand Miss Cole, you got to show her who's the boss Claire Fraser Claire Fraser Let's print up a phony leaflet to disgrace her She's a commie, she's a dyke The politics ain't ladylike To mention your position, get me your FBI file and quick step it. When she joined the lineman in a walkout, she threw the downtown office in a dither. She's a striker, a wage hiker, she's a steno pools by Piper. Every file clerk and typer walked out with her. Striker, a witch hiker, she's Deno pulls by Piper. Every file clerk and typer walked out with her. Claire Fraser, Claire Fraser, 
oppression, racism, sexism, heterosexism, ageism, classism are historical. They have not always been thus. It was not ever thus. And it's not going to be this way. Come the revolution! Thank you, Carol Cole, my clever hatchet girl. You're the Margaret Thatcher of City Light. You came up with the perfect scan, the 5% reduction plan. We'll just lay her off without fight. She never did pledge my oath of loyalty. a song from the new Lavender Country album called Blackberry Rose, the song named after its subject, Clara Fraser, who was a socialist feminist organizer and with whom Patrick Haggerty apparently collaborated with to some, uh, to some capacity in the past. Um, and for just a little background on Clara Fraser, as well as some insight into the perspectives voiced throughout the music, uh, that Patrick Haggerty makes uh, with Lavender Country. I'll share this with you in an anthology of her writings and speeches called Revolution She Wrote, which was published in 1998 by Red Letter Press. Fraser writes, Women's liberation, led and oriented towards the center, will turn into its opposite, women's reformism, which in turn always becomes an enemy of working class and minority women. The capitalist system cannot grant working and minority women substantial reforms because these would seriously weaken the very pillars upon which the system itself rests. The super-exploitation of minorities and women for super-profits, the cultural oppression of minorities and women as a psychological sop to the male workers who derive unique privileges from their second-class status, and the bourgeois monogamous family as the transmission belt for 
the con continuity of private property, wage labor, and social alienation. Clara Fraser there, as published in the book of her writings, Revolution, she wrote, and the subject of the song we just heard from Lavender Country off the new album, Blackberry Rose. Lavender Country, in the midst of a tour to support that record, coming to the Northeast to play at the Egremont Barn this Friday, April 9th. And tonight we've heard some selections from a longer interview I did with Lavender Country founder Patrick Haggerty back in 2018. You could hear that entire hour-long episode in the Freedom Highway archive at RadioKingston.org. And you can uh, take yourself on a free uh, trip to free admission to the um, Lavender Country show uh, Friday at the Egremont Barn in the Berkshires, about an hour uh, northeast of here in Kingston. Uh, if you reach out, if you're listening live, you got a few more minutes to call 845-331-1490. Otherwise, you can reach out on social media at some point between now and Friday at Freedom Highway WKNY. That's um, the Lavender Country show, uh, the, uh, the Roundup. Uh, features Lavender Country along with Paisley Fields, Austin Lucas, and Jet Holden, as well as uh, on Friday, local opener Zach Bryson, uh, once again at the Egremont Barn in uh, just over the Massachusetts state line. And um, well, with just the uh, the, the, the remaining uh, few minutes, I want to um, I want to recognize uh, the momentous achievement of the workers at the Amazon facility in Staten Island who just last week uh, voted to form the very first union of Amazon workers in the United States, in the world, I suppose. Uh, really a significant triumph for the workers there at that, at that facility, uh, Amazon workers um, across the country and uh, the larger labor movement really as a whole. Hopefully um, a, a, a victory uh, that yields many more for working people. And um, there are many past episodes of Freedom Highway uh, where, um, where we have... Um, Listen to songs from throughout the labor movement and specifically about the fight for unions. Uh, and uh, I think the best use of the remaining time of this show is to listen to a few of those kind of in, in celebration and in, in recognition uh, and uh, congratulations of that um, really hard-fought uh, campaign, really a, uh, a grassroots um, effort uh, and actually a pretty beautiful story, uh, and, uh, you know, commonly referred to or described as like a David and Goliath kind of situation there between the workers, uh, at the facility, uh, establishing a union fighting, uh, the massive, uh, corporation Amazon, uh, which is, you know, founded and, uh, closely tied to, uh, one of the, um, most obscenely wealthy uh, people uh, walking around uh, and uh, flying into outer space. So let's listen to a couple songs. We're going to listen now to an energizing song. Uh, this is uh, this is a, a song I've, I've played a few times. It's kind of on an obscure record that was put out 
I actually don't have the exact year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up as we're listening to it. But it's from the uh, Progressive Labor Party. And this is uh, Workers Get Ready. Did you ever have to wait in an emergency room for hours? That's right. And when the boss's daughter comes in, the doctors take her out of sight. So be fun. Look out, bosses, here the workers come. We're gonna smash you, boss. Get ready, so get ready. The workers will unite and fight, so get ready, so get ready. Here we come. Get in the way we're 
Well, yeah, a few uh, a few good old union songs there uh, to uh, to honor the uh, the workers at the Amazon facility in Staten Island who uh, just formed and voted well formed and then voted to uh, to join the Amazon labor union there. Uh, we heard uh, John Hancocks, who uh, originally uh, composed that song, Roll the Union on um, the year of that recording. Uh, I'm not completely sure, but um, we heard uh, also in that set a version recorded by uh, Pete Seeger and the Song Swappers in 1941 on the record Talking Union and Other Union Songs. In between those two versions, we heard Billy Bragg singing There's Power in a Union from his 1986 record, Talking with the Taxman about Poetry, and we started the set out. From a 1971 record, by the, uh, a record made by the Progressive Labor Party, the record's called Power to the Working Class, and that song uh, borrowing 
a melody, but uh, this one called Workers Get Ready. Uh, I guess based in uh, based in Massachusetts at the time, um, but uh, a good energizing song for all workers organizing uh, to gain more uh, power and autonomy in the workplace and enjoy the uh, the wealth and the resource that they are instrumental in um, in creating. So uh, with that, we'll end this episode of Freedom Highway. Thank you for listening, uh, and thank you to Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country for speaking with me, and um, I'll be back again with you for another episode of Freedom Highway next week.